The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the first edition of the Leach Report for 2022. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio here in Lexington. And we have plenty to talk about. A big Citrus Bowl win for the Wildcats. They get to 10 wins again on the season. We'll talk about it with Freddie Maggard from KSR and Kyle Tucker from The Athletic. Wildcat News of the Day a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. Kentucky gets to 10 wins for just the fourth time in school history and the second time in the last four football seasons. That hadn't happened previously since 1977. So significant accomplishment for Mark Stoops and his program, especially when you consider Iowa was in the Big Ten championship game and ranked... 15th, 16th in the country, depending on the polls you consult. And Kentucky had multiple players out. And many of you saw the list, I'm sure, prior to the game. We knew Josh Paschal was going to be out. Mark Stoops had talked about that on Friday. But between injuries and some COVID-related issues or other health issues, not all of them were uh, – it was a mixture of things. But you had uh, – Multiple key players out, particularly on defense. Uh, you had, um, we mentioned Pascal. They also uh, had to play without J.J. Weaver, uh, who uh, figured to have a uh, big game in the uh, Citrus Bowl. They were um, uh, really shorthanded when you looked at some of the, uh, the backups that uh, were out. And then there were names not on the list that U.K. put out. Uh, like Jacquez Jones, who was expected to play really until game day and had a foot issue and, and couldn't go. Uh, so Derek Jackson ends up getting his first start as a Wildcat in the bowl game. Uh, and then uh, Justin Rogers didn't play. That was a, uh, uh, he was on the list. I don't know which one it was for sure. So we'll just, he was on the, the list where he didn't play. Khalil Saunders didn't play. Now the re, the deal with Khalil is he had already, uh, used up his four games. And so he would have uh, jeopardized his uh, redshirt status by playing. And I guarantee you there are some coaches that would have played him, especially considering how short Kentucky was. But uh, they did not use him, so he got his uh, four games in this year, but it uh, still retains that year of eligibility. So really a shorthanded defense for Kentucky. Um and then offense, you mentioned Dare Rosenthal. I think I didn't mention Dare Rosenthal. And they had some real issues on the left side of the offensive line with some of the pressure that Iowa got. They ended up getting six sacks, and most of the damage came off the left side. So uh, Kentucky had a lot to overcome, needless to say. And then they build a 13-3 to lead. Iowa comes back, takes the lead, and Kentucky has to get two consecutive uh, stops and then give the ball back to the offense to give them a chance to get the go-ahead score. And on the second try, they do it with an eight-play, 80-yard drive, of which Wondell Robinson accounted for the first 79 yards of the 80. (laughs) Just unbelievable 
individual performance there. Uh, Vince Marrow was on the uh, Sunday morning sports talk show here in Lexington yesterday with um, Larry Vaught, Anthony White, Jack Pilgrim, and he uh, Vince told them that uh, Wandale came up to the coaches in the fourth quarter and said, "Give me the ball. They can't. Uh, they can't cover me." And he was right. Um, Offensive line had to do a better job in pass protection, and they did. I think uh, Stoops mentioned after the game they made some adjustments, too, to uh, keep extra help in or uh, do a chip block before a guy make a, make a block before he go out into the pattern to give some extra help to give Levis enough time. Um, just a, a great uh, crowd at the game, at the pep rally on Friday and then at the game. And I just can't say enough about DeAndre Square. We'll get into more of this with uh, Freddie here in a bit. But uh, Square gutting it out through an injury to come back in the second half. And he was the difference. Um, And then gets the uh, interception late to seal the win for Kentucky. So lots of good things to talk about from the bowl win. And uh, we will do that. Kentucky basketball goes out on the road for the first time in conference play tomorrow against LSU. Kentucky coming off a nice win on Friday. And against High Point, uh, we'll talk with Kyle Tucker about the Tubby Smith ceremony a little bit. Uh, that seemed to go really well. I, uh, I regretted not being able to be there, but uh, enjoyed watching on the live stream from down in Florida. And um, Kentucky's got an LSU team that started out 12-0, and didn't really play, uh, play much, and then when they ran into Auburn, they got thumped pretty well. But it's going to be at LSU. Uh, it's going to be the night they named the court in honor of Dale Brown. So one of, as John Calipari likes to say, the Super Bowl atmospheres, and we'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow But um, from Baton Rouge, but uh, that's uh, a big test coming up for the basketball team tomorrow. And U.K. women, their game uh, against Mississippi State postponed tonight because of COVID issues within the U.K. program. Links to the stories that we talk about each day can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We're going to head to a break, come back, and bring in Freddie Maggard. Wildcat News of the Day presented by Giuseppe's of Lexington. Go to their website, Giuseppe'sLexington.com. You can make a reservation. You can see the fantastic menu. When you go to Giuseppe's, you get live jazz music to accompany your meal every night of the week. It is just a wonderful experience. The food is fantastic, and the atmosphere is just as good. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. It's the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. And we welcome in Freddie Maggard to the program from KentuckySportsRadio.com, where you can go to read his after-action review on the Citrus Bowl. We're going to talk a little bit about it right now. Happy New Year, Freddie. Happy New Year, Tom. Good to hear from you this morning. Nice way to uh, ring in the new year with a, a Citrus Bowl win. And this this was one that uh, I think you in particular probably uh, could really appreciate. You This seemed like your kind of game, just tough physical football and guys, you know, playing with a lot of heart and then Kentucky, some you know, key guys making big plays. Yeah, Tom, I think, you know, legends were made in this game. Uh, I think veterans – there's some veterans that stepped up to solidify their place in Kentucky uh, history. Darren Kennard, first and foremost, uh, decided to play, opted in, did not opt out, and, and played great. And then DeAndre Square uh, with the game-winning interception on one leg. It was reminiscent of Mark Logan's 
scoring a touchdown against Wisconsin, the Hall of Fame Bowl with a broken leg. So, uh, and then, and then, and then Wondell Robinson, uh, the best receiver at Kentucky that I've seen in my lifetime. And I'm, I'm comfortable with making that statement and, and just the depth players on defense, uh, players like Trayvon Ripka stepping up with four tackles, a tackle key tackle for loss. Uh, Derek Jackson, seven tackles. And the interception just played great. But this team, you know, the saying all year, the focus has been for the team, Tom, and that's that attributed to the great John Schlarman. And a couple plays stood out to me that personified that, one being the Rashawn Lewis block on the yep. Dale Robinson last, uh, you know, the last drive where he got down to the goal line, Rashawn, uh, Rashawn Lewis, Sprinted 60 yards, 70 yards from the other side of the field for a knockdown block to get to, to free up Robinson to get to the goal line. And then, uh, the, uh, the DeAndre Square interception. I mean, uh, you know, he had, uh, use of Corker with the pressure. DeAndre Square injured, comes back in the game, makes the interception, wins the football game in Kentucky, uh, wins his fourth consecutive ball game and pushes the, Tim wins on the season. Just a fantastic performance. Uh, the block that Freddie referenced by Rashawn Lewis, uh, if you go to uh, Freddie's timeline on his Twitter feed, uh, you can uh, – he I know he was one that tweeted that out. Uh, it's just incredible effort for he, yeah. he's running diagonally yeah. across the field as Wandale is, you know, makes the catch and is working his way down the sideline. And so, uh, you know, uh, uh, Rashawn looks like he has, you know, been – fired out of a cannon running across the field <laughs> to get down there and make a block that, you know, got it, got uh, Robinson uh, much closer. Um, you know, he's yeah. there on the sideline, could have been knocked out of bounds by the guy that uh, Lewis knocked out of the way. Now, the other one, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Square. There's a lot of things to talk about this, but you mentioned DeAndre. Yeah. Um, you know, they, in the, he was uh, injured, and in the th- early third quarter, we got the report from Dick Gabriel on the sidelines that, you know, taking him to the locker room, and it was like you know he, he uh, they weren't going they were going to try to work on the I think it was an ankle maybe they were going to try to work on it, and uh, they did you know everything they could and just couldn't uh, he couldn't go, so he was done, and immediately they they go out there and um, you you know what I'm talking about here in terms of this term the term run fits uh, it's yeah you know it's it's a term football coaches use uh, it's it's a it's an alignment thing and you know you uh football do you have keys to read in football anyway iowa plays with a fullback and brad white was telling me before the game that it changed their run fits from what they do the the rest of the season because they don't see fullbacks and so but he said i'm not that worried about it because you know of square and jones well you didn't have square and jones at that point (laughs) and immediately after square goes out at that point i'm uh, I'll have to go back and look this up. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, that Iowa had one run longer than eight yards, and that was, you know, at the end of the first half when Kentucky was in a prevent mode and they got a 12-yard run. So they hadn't had they had 44 rushing yards at halftime. Immediately after Square goes out, they start gashing Kentucky. And yeah. that didn't stop until Square came back in and did so on, as you said, on one leg. And yeah. Jeff uh, Pecora pointed out that, you know, at least – if, if Square's back in there, he can be in the right spot, if nothing else. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, absolutely. he did more than that. 
but th- all that's a buildup, and I'm going to let you talk about him because I walked over to him. Uh, he you know, gets off the plane on crutches, and we're waiting there for our luggage, and I walk over to him, and I said, I saw Avery Williamson make 20 tackles on a day when Kentucky got beat 40 to nothing. And that's that had that was just a tremendous display of heart. And I said, that's what this was today. And Avery's still in the NFL. So good luck, young man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it, 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 I saw Christian Alt had 32 one day. And, Ooh. you know, just an incredible outing. But, but what, you know, what DeAndre did coming back hurt and making that not only the interception, but other plays, like he said, he pointed out, uh, is, is, is the personification of for the team. I mean, that, that was a special performance from that defense. And at times, Tom, as familiar as I am with the team, and I, I know you are as well, I'm more familiar than I am, I had to pull up the roster on my phone to check the numbers <laughs> to see who was in the football game. And, and, and still Kentucky wins. And get this, Tom, Kentucky held Wisconsin. Iowa to a touchdown fewer points than its season uh, uh, scoring game average, you know, with all those, with all those roster players, but the guts and, and the grittiness that Kentucky displayed is something that we've seen, you know, throughout the Mark Stoops area. I think I tweeted after the game that that was a Mark Stoops culture win for the cat. And that was evident from, from start to finish. And uh, you know, I've watched some of most of the bowl games, uh, I've had an interest in Army, Missouri, obviously, Kentucky, and Iowa. I watched the complete games. But the Citrus Bowl, to me, Tom, was a different level of physicality from both teams. I thought one of the keys of the game was which team could establish, which logo could establish as being the most physical football team on the field in the Citrus Bowl. And I think it was a draw. I think both teams came to play. Uh, it was a hard game, very entertaining, but the, the grittiness, just the the team aspect of what Kentucky did on Saturday just makes this version, the 2021 uh, team, a very special group for Mark Stoops. Talk with Freddie Maggard, and we'll be right back to continue the discussion. Kyle Tucker in the second half of this Monday edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. We are back with Freddie Maggard here on The Leach Report. Uh, you were really uh, eager to follow the matchup when we when this bowl game was set. You and I were on the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback Show. You were eager to watch the matchup between the All-America Center from Iowa, Tyler Linderbaum at Kentucky's Marquand McCall. So how did that go? Yeah. I thought Marquand made some money for the NFL on Saturday. I really did. He, uh, uh, you know, I should have listened to you more because Kentucky was chalk with Marquand McCall in the game as a starter. The Cats have given up 17 points a game without him 32 Kentucky allows Iowa 17. So, I mean, it's just, that's the impact that he had. I thought he hit more than held his own and played really well against Lunderbaum. Tom, there's a couple uh, stats that I thought were going to be a factor for Kentucky. Iowa was giving up a very high number of tackles for loss and quarterback sacks, and Kentucky had two tackles for loss, no sacks. 
On the other side, Iowa had six sacks, nine tackles for loss. Those numbers were flipped on me. I thought Kentucky would be the more forceful defense across the line of scrimmage. Uh, but without several key players and starters, that didn't happen. Jordan Wright 10, led the team with 10 tackles, a pass deflection. I thought he played really well uh, coming back from injury. And then Derek Jackson, I think it's, it's what he did recovering from that uh, Achilles injury. Yeah, I thought he played really well also. Uh, there was a little dust-up with some comments from Kirk Herbstreet and I think Desmond Howard on uh, the, one of the game yeah. day shows about players opting out of bowl games. You mentioned Darian Kennard uh, elected yeah. not to opt out. Josh Paschal, had, would they, if they had let him, uh, would have yeah. played in this game, and they were uh, protecting his health by not putting him out there. I saw Peter Burns uh-huh. from the SEC Network. He tweeted out something. He said, they said, from he said, it's if a guy uh, opts out of a, a non-playoff bowl game uh, to uh, uh, protect his, you know, his future for for the NFL. I understand that. If a player chooses to play, as Matt Corral did, and then Ole Miss, and he got hurt, but if the player chooses to play, I love that. Isn't it that yeah. simple? I kind of thought that was a good point. I think it's a great point, and I love the fact that players have more say so and more uh, decision-making power now uh, in this era of college football. I think it's great, and, and I respect any player that, that opts out. Absolutely. And I also appreciate all the players that opt in. But I think it's an individual choice, and, and, and those should be respected because, you know, you, you only have so many hits in that body, and that is a financial decision for each player and their family. Uh, and, and I respect if a player does opt out or opt in. And uh, and I, I really I really appreciate and I enjoy this era of college football where players have more power. I think it's about time. So uh, you know, either way, I, I, I it has you know it has impacted some of the bowl games, but hey, that's part of it. But you know, I appreciate guys like Darren Kennard, Josh Pascal would have played if he could have, and, and Wondell Robinson. I mean, there's so many players that Kentucky could have been without, but but I think it's a cultural. Uh, aspect with Mark Stoops teams that you're not seeing these opt-outs. And, and I think that's a very close group team, and, and those guys wanted to play for each other. But, again, if, I support the players in whatever decision uh, that they make, especially in the postseason. At, at Fred Maggard, 606 on Twitter, you can see that uh, clip of the Rashawn Lewis block we were talking about um, Freddie's Twitter timeline, and you can read his after-action review on the Citrus Bowl at KentuckySportsRadio.com. Thank you, Freddie. Thanks, Tom. Have a good day. You too. Halfway home on the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio in Lexington. Kyle Tucker's next. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Our show served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. Great way to start your day with breakfast or maybe brunch and lunch a little later on at either Lexington Wild Eggs location. Kyle Tucker joins us now from TheAthletic.com. And uh, let's start with the uh, Citrus Bowl, Kyle, and Wandale Robinson's performance. You did an in-depth feature on uh, Wandale and his family during the course of the season back in October, I think. And this is obviously a a, a special talent, and he put on a performance uh, for uh, the ages when it comes to Kentucky football, right? Yes, 
really unbelievable. Um, just his overall performance. I mean, I think the, the, the play that gets all the love is, and rightly so is the, is the long play with a couple of jukes that where he ends up in a pose <laughs> where he looks like he's hiking his leg on the guy who didn't know <laughs> uh, from Iowa, who didn't know Kentucky had been to a bowl game in a long time. There was some, certainly some, uh, uh, some irony in that, but the play before it where he got absolutely lit up in the, on the huge third down catch, um, was just as impressive and, and just as important. Um, but all around, an incredible performance. Put him over 100 catches for the year. And I guess he ends up breaking, what, the single-season catches, uh, receiving catches yards, receiving and yards. the bowl, bowl record as well. Yeah. Um, Broke Craig East's yeah, receiving can't do yards much better. record. What's that? Broke Craig East's receiving yards record in the bowl you know, for, for the season and then Waylon earlier in the Louisville game for the catches. So, yeah, just in, the numbers yeah, are impressive, but then – yeah, it's uh, you think about too I, I, the fact that he originally was coming to Kentucky to start with. Um, you, you just wonder, <laughs> you wonder what the offense looks like a couple of years ago with uh, with Wandale Robinson and Lynn Bowden in the same offense, you know, or you know the year that even the year that um, they had all the quarterback trouble and and Lynn had to play quarterback if you've got. Uh, Wandell is another option too, um, but in the one year that he was uh, at Kentucky, he he left as more. I assume that it will only be one year. Uh, he, he left a pretty remarkable um, legacy, and it's you know he did a lot of cool things off the field too. You talk about his, his father's foundation to help kids of incarcerated parents, and all they've done to sort of raise awareness of that over the. You can't also can't do much better as an ambassador for a. Um, an organization like that in the state of Kentucky than to have Wandell Robinson endorsing it. So um, all of that uh, was really good. And, and and then to me, kind of the word that sticks out from that bowl game is just emotional. Um, you know, you saw the incredible emotions of, of Chris Oates um, when DeAndre Square came over to him and they had their moment in kind of a poetic situation there where you know the last time that Oates was on the field he was clinching the bowl victory in the Citrus Bowl uh, recovering a fumble and then his his really good friend uh, DeAndre Square clinches this Citrus Bowl with a uh, an interception they share that moment the fact that he was there with the team says to something about how Kentucky has continued to care for him and his I think brother posted about that um, on Facebook the other day just about how those coaches have stayed connected and continue to treat him like family after his um, stroke, uh, you know, and then Mark Stoops with Chris Oates. And I'm sure there were a lot of moments with Chris Oates after, during and after that game, but emotional, uh, you know, Wandell with his family after that was a, a pretty emotional thing. And, and then the other one that really jumps out to me is John Summerall. Um, his remarks about, um, DeAndre Square and coming back to, you know, even after he's taken the head coaching job at Troy, coming back to coach because he wanted to coach DeAndre Square one more time and, and talking about his toughness and coming out there on, as you said on the broadcast, one good leg um, to make that game clinching play as they were really, really depleted. It's incredible how they finished that game, uh, the personnel they finished with. They had guys who were in the transfer portal multiple. <laughs> uh, that are headed somewhere else, or maybe not now, I don't know, um, who end up stepping in and playing in the bowl game. Um, and so, yeah, um, emotional, I would think, is is kind of the word 
the word of the day to me about that bowl game. A lot of coaches have, have come through the Kentucky program over the years, and uh, some of them wanted to do things that Mark Stoops has done when it comes to things like recruiting Ohio. But, um, you know, they have uh, built the, the – they have improved the, the talent, the, the recruiting. That's obviously you know, always the, the first ingredient in, in elevating a program is get better players. They've developed the guys that they've got, guys, you know, that – Josh Allen that didn't have all the stars that developed into an outstanding player so they can uh, find the, the the ones that everybody else can find and, and get their share of those. They can find the ones that get overlooked and develop those. And all of that's a very important piece of it. But there are other things that go into this. And, you know, I think you saw some of that, <laughs> excuse me, come out in this bowl game. And you mentioned the Chris Oates story. There's a, you know... It, it's great uh, and much needed to help with uh, all the financial needs of a you know a family that uh, is going through something like that. But there's also a, a commitment of, of time that not everybody makes to make the visits and make the phone calls and all of those things. And they have done that. And it's you know uh, what they're doing is uh, that the, the word is culture that comes up. Freddie just talked about it too. But that it, it there, there's a lot that goes into that that is an, that is really hard. <laughs> Uh, to it's one thing to say it; it's much harder to to do some of those things to to build the culture where guys, you know, it's important to them. And Freddie and I were just talking about guys making you know their opt out decisions, and you respect guys that uh, you know have those you know, the, the decisions they make. But it is kind of, it, it is kind of cool to see so many of the Kentucky guys that it means so much to them that they want to make the decision to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they really haven't had those high-profile opt-outs. I mean, they've won four straight bowl games now, and you know, none of them have been playoff games. None of them have even been in the New Year's Six uh, mix, and yet they haven't had these, you know, high-profile opt-outs. I mean, that's that does tell you that that you know, playing in those games with their teammates and winning them means something. I, I think, I think part of it too is just that. You know, even if they're not the playoff, even if they're not the New Year's Six Bowl game, you know, if you go to a Citrus Bowl, now they've done twice, or, or you go to a Gator Bowl, uh, I think people in the Kentucky program that are trying to be part of building it and leave sort of a legacy understand that winning those does matter. You know, to people, I mean, it puts you in a it puts you in a special. I, I mean, winning that bowl game for this group, uh, I think John Hale at the Career Journal sort of wrote about this theme uh, yesterday. It. it defined the legacy of this year's team you know i mean i think if they lose it they were they'll still be considered a good team um you know winning nine games at kentucky is nobody's gonna you know uh turn their nose up at that but by winning it i I think this team is remembered very fondly um i mean especially in the fashion that they won it that they you know were held together by you know uh, silly string and <laughs> and bubble gum and uh, and won that game in a in you know I, I tweeted yesterday just kind of sitting around thinking about it and they they used John Schwarman's um, mantra you know for the team as their motto for the season and that was just a distinctly John Schwarman type win um, to do it in in such a tough fashion against some pretty long odds. You know, they get down late and they have nobody left. I, mean, I don't know how, with the defense they had out there, they put together two stops, um, you know, at the end when they just absolutely had to have it. And uh, and I think that sort of burrows into the heart of a fan base um, when you're gritty like that. And, and 
you know, when you when you are emotional, I, I think too, just the, the some of the a little bit vulnerability of this team that they that they they wear some emotions on their sleeve that they uh, they do seem to care for each other um, in a way that you don't necessarily see all the time, and and so. Um, yeah, I, I do think it is it is a culture thing. I mean, you look at the coaching staff. Um, what does it say that that John Sumrall put off some very important business? You know, and I know he's been kind of probably working both jobs and, and probably more for Troy than anybody. But still, he's not all the way in at Troy until he's done working at Kentucky. Um, to to that he wanted to stay and be a part of that bowl and try to win it. Um, you know, the fact that guys on on Stoops' staff stick around and want to stick around. Um, obviously, they, they're paying them well, now better than ever. Both the coordinators are going to be making over a million dollars. Stoops has been well compensated, and Vince Merrill has uh, been well compensated. There is, as you said, that money <laughs> element, but a lot of places have spend big money these days. And There's obviously something going on in Lexington in the football program that people want to be around it. Um, and, you know, I don't think you can even necessarily quantify that. You can just kind of sense it, uh, and it, it also shows up in the results. Talk with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com, and we're going to get to a break, come back, and uh, shift gears to little Kentucky basketball. Big game coming up tomorrow night. John Calipari's club down at LSU, and we'll talk about that. Ceremony honoring Tubby Smith when we come right back. It is the Leach Report. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. 13 away from the top of the hour. Kyle Tucker's with us from theathletic.com. If you didn't get an athletic gift subscription for Christmas present, you can get one for yourself now. Because uh, there's going to be a lot of great content from Kyle and uh, the whole team of writers as we go through the college basketball season, which we want to shift to right now as Kentucky gets set to go out and play its second game this season on the opponent's home court. They're going to name the court in honor of Dale Brown, so it's going to be some extra stuff going on, as there often is when the Wildcats roll in to uh, play a game, Kyle. And uh, Kentucky is rolling pretty well right now ever since the last game on the opponent's home court up at Notre Dame. Um, what's changed for Kentucky in your, uh, to your eye? I mean, it, it, we've talked a little bit, uh, obviously, about the, uh, the shift in sort of offensive mentality, which has moved the ball, not stopped the ball. I mean, they just, I, I think they've done a great job of continuously uh, probing and, and passing until somebody gets a good shot. Um, obviously, the offensive rebound, rebounding continues, and, and those provide you extra opportunities as well. But um, I think there's a lot of that. I think there's, you know, a big one is Kellen Grady finding his role, um, getting more comfortable in that role. You know, kind of getting the command from and and accepting it. Uh, Cal saying, you know, shoot it or sit down. You know, be be aggressive, be assertive. Um, and he's on a a heater and and was certainly um, maximum heat the other day as he hit seven out of ten. Um, you know, I think that's a huge sign for them just to see him emerge that way, um, and, and, it, and it gives an opponent so much to prepare for. Um, it, it certainly serves to 
space the court, you know, and, um, you know, Cal Perry keeps talking about this and, and it, it's exactly kind of, he talks about quiet with Ty Ty Washington. It's, it's really weird how Ty Ty can have a 20 point game or another night a 15.9 assist game and it, and it kind of sneaks up on you. Um, he is because of so many other storylines and, you know, Oscar's crazy rebounding and some of the stuff Sevier has done and a couple big breakout games by, uh, Kellen, you, you can easily overlook Ty Ty, uh, but the, the one freshman they're really relying on this year, and that's, that's kind of remarkable to say too, that they're really only leaning on one freshman. Um, that one young guy is, is really steadily, um, you know, becoming, this consistent producer for them who I think has, you know, by the end of the year has potential to kind of be a star for them. And so um, all of that is important. And Ty Ty looks just very, very comfortable in what he's doing out there. Um, and, and Keon, I think Cal trying to push the right buttons with Keon Brooks. And, and maybe some of that is just, as he said before, the bench is my friend. And, you know, if, if Keon doesn't have that energy, puts Toppin out there and Toppin, we know will bring that, uh, kind of energy and, and, uh, aggressiveness. Um, and so now he's got these two guys at the four spot, which I think was really the, you know, the four position was probably the biggest question mark. Um, you know, what do you really have? Do you have a difference maker there? Is that going to be a consistently producing uh, position? And I think because you've got that competition between Jacob and uh, Keon, it's bringing the best out of both of them. And that's all happened over these last four games too and so i guess that's one way you end up winning by 29 35 27 and 44 which um i think has to be um pretty pretty uh i'm trying to think of the word not relieving necessarily but uh just sort of cathartic for kentucky fans um to see them regardless of level of competition just to see just to see kentucky smash people yeah. you know back to back to back to back um and and kind of look dominant again it's been a little while <laughs> more than a little while <laughs> after yeah. a, a long uh long season last year um it looked like i'd watch the uh, tubby smith uh, jersey retirement ceremony uh, on my uh, phone down at the hotel in orlando um but f- uh, uh would, lo- would have loved to have been there just felt it in person but it uh, certainly looked like uh, that whole day came off uh, really well yeah, you talk about emotional. I mean, uh, I, I know I talked to a bunch of his old players for uh, the story last week, and, and the the level of love they have for Tubby, um, you know, every one of them, the, the, the story they wanted to tell about Tubby was about how he helped them kind of be a learn how to be a man or be a better man. Um, in Tubby's remarks, uh, I thought before he was for his. Uh, retired jersey went up in the rafters. Were were right on that kind of message, you know, about using that platform to to do something good. And um, I think it was cool to see the fan base really wrap their arms around him. I think it was probably very good for him. There were some moments in time when when he was at Kentucky that, that towards the end that he probably didn't feel super loved and welcomed. Um, but I think as time goes on, people have grown to really appreciate uh, what he did and and you know even maybe in some to some degree uh, as some of the players I talked to said uh, appreciate that it was not some cakewalk to win the 98 title it wasn't some foregone conclusion it wasn't uh, uh, done with 
uh, Rick Pitino's superstar roster. Uh, those were those were kind of some some uh, average guys that that came together under Tubby and and won the national championship. And I think people have maybe really come to appreciate that more as the years have gone by. Yeah, I hope I hope so because they certainly uh, should. Um, Kyle, as always, uh, enjoy the conversation and uh, anything special going on. Starts the new year at the Athletic. I don't think so. We just ended our uh, our uh, year year subscription for twenty four months. I think on uh, New Year's Eve, but something will come along one of these uh, one of these holidays. Something will pop up, but uh, hopefully people will uh, have or will sign up because we've got some really cool stuff coming down the pike. Good stuff uh, from Kyle Tucker, as always. Thank you. Thank you. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio. Return, refresh, and refuel at about 70 Clark's Pump and Shops across the bluegrass. Uh, there are about a half dozen or so of the ones here in central Kentucky that have uh, the new book Mike Pratt and I did uh, on our 20 years with the uh, U.K. Network on the Kentucky Basketball Beat. And I'll tweet out that list again. Uh, they still have a few of those left if you're looking to pick one up. We'll be right back on the Leach Report Radio Network. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. We'll be heading out for Baton Rouge later today, and on tomorrow's show, we'll do a uh, deep dive into this Kentucky LSU matchup tomorrow night. Tigers haven't played since they took their first loss of the season last week to Auburn. Uh, one place to usually start identifying national championship contenders is take a look at KenPom.com, his offensive and defensive efficiency ratings, and you find the teams when the tournament's getting ready to start that are ranked in the top 20 in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. And if you just put those teams in uh, in your basket, you uh, frequently would have the national champion out of there. Right now, there are six teams that are top 20 in uh, offensive and defensive efficiency from Ken Palm. Baylor, Gonzaga, Houston, Arizona, Kentucky, which is ninth offensively and 17th defensively, and the other one's UCLA. Uh, all of those are in the top 10 overall at uh, KenPom.com, but I uh, thought that was a, an interesting number for Wildcat fans to take heart in. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, speaking of numbers, ninth game with 100 or more yards rushing in the bowl game. Uh, I don't think I uh, mentioned this on the broadcast, should have. Uh, that broke a school record. Our two spinner had eight of them in 2002 when he was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year. C-Rod got his ninth in the bowl game. Uh, so congrats to him. We mentioned earlier, Wandale Robinson set the single-season receiving yards record that previously was held by Craig East. See you tomorrow on the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow the Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to LeachReport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on the Leach Report Radio Network.